Now, I did say before the break that we are going to be speaking to Tamsin Manu, who is a former Olympian. Now, I have been reminded by somebody that Tamsin is not a former Olympian. Once you are an Olympian, you are always Olympian. Tamsin, as you join us on Sports Day, is that correct? I suppose so. It doesn't bother me if you do say that. It just, you know, I always think when people say it, I'm like, well, it was a long time ago. I feel like a different person now. But yes, all good. Either way, it won't offend me. Okay. Okay. Well, we appreciate you joining us because I remember I was driving somewhere uh, before Christmas and you were on SEN talking about the year that will be for for athletics and you were very excited about the possibilities with so many um, sort of medal options for the Olympics. Since that... Yeah, so that sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's been about two months since, and there's been a fair bit going on, particularly when it comes to, to Tori Lewis. Um, but are you more confident with the evidence you've seen over the last couple of months from, from what you said back in December? Um, I'm ecstatic with what we're seeing. The meet that was on the weekend in the ACT was just phenomenal. I think the, the, you know, the six medals that we got from the World Championships last, Year were just phenomenal but and that's not including Maddie Denny who just missed um, an, a medal by finishing fourth then you add in the fact that Tori's just won, run the Australian record Caleb Law who's a young up-and-coming athlete who medaled at the World Junior Championships a couple of years ago um, there's other juniors that have come through Peyton Craig on the weekend ran a really fast um, 800 meters and Cameron Myers that young 16 17 year old that's been breaking all books around the world so I think there's so much more to talk about than just our medal prospects. There's this huge wave of enthusiasm and, and, and athletes that are just running exceptional to try and make our Australian team. And I think because of the depth that we now have in Australian athletics, we have phenomenal results coming across the board, which will make us a very, very competitive um, team come the Olympics. And I think that's the, the point that I, that I really agree with you with is that there are just so many names now. It's not just four or five, and let's hope we get two or three from that four or five. There are, there are so many names across so many different disciplines. And I want to talk about Tori Lewis because what she did was was quite remarkable. I mean, she became the, the fastest woman in Australia last week. But when it comes to yeah, – quali- sorry. Yep. No, that's okay. I was just, I, I just going to say, if you look at her backstory too, the fact that she um, – you know, she injured herself. She was part of a world junior team a couple of years ago and she hurt her hamstring and that was devastating for her, you know, not to make that team when she she had performed well enough to be on it. But the fact that she came back from disappointment so strongly and has been able to do this is just, she's so mature for her young age. Yeah. And so what I wanted to know is what, what does that qualify her for? Because my understanding is that it might not be a qualifying time for for an Olympic Games, even though she ran so fast. Can you explain what, what she's done and what she still needs to do? Well, so they used to have A and B standards for an Olympics. And if you achieved the B standard and won your national championships, a country was always able to send one athlete on a B standard. They've got rid of the B standard. So there's just that one A standard. It's incredibly hard. It's really difficult. But then what they do is they have a roll down. So if they don't get the quota of athletes that they want in that event, which they usually don't, um, they then get a roll down and athletes who are just behind that um, automatic qualifying time get invited. So I'd be really surprised if she didn't get invited, but it's the women's 100 metres and that's probably one of the most competitive events in the whole Olympic Games. So she, she's run the Australian record, but she's not automatically selected right. off that time. Okay. So Tamsin, with, I guess that you've mentioned so many names there and the, the depth of the Australian squad. What's been the catalyst 
for that and and the Australian performances uh, really pushing up for the Olympics. Why is it getting so much stronger? Well, I think there's a few things. I think twofold, you've got world athletics that's trying to clean the sport up. I think you've had a wave of people from around the globe realising, okay, the sport's trying to be a lot cleaner. So the times and the distances that our athletes are trying to chase are a little bit more realistic in terms of um, competing against those nations. But I also think it's the fact that I think when you have athletes doing well and it becomes one of those things where you want to be part of that team, I think that's what's happened. We've had some athletes do, do pretty well over the last decade and then the youngsters coming through watching that have really got on board. I think the American college system helped a lot with our middle distance athletes. And I just think the fact that to make an Australian team in some of these events for a little while, like, for example, the men's um, 1,500 metres has been so hard that you've had to improve um, your, your performances to even make a team. And when you do that from Australia, we don't often get that opportunity to compete against the rest of the world. So if the talent is getting better in Australia, everyone else has to lift because they're racing against a better level of athletes. So I think it's just been a few reasons that, that that's that, that that it's happened. I also think that Athletics Australia has changed their selection policies and they've started to put the athlete first and they're selecting people. They want a big team. They want to select athletes and, and that, that creates a, a better environment amongst the athletes as well. Is there more opportunity, I guess, for the, the your youth athletes to have had experience internationally as well that, that helps them on that road to improvement? It's still difficult. Like we can't kid ourselves. Track and field is still one of those sports where, you know, the opportunities are um, one of those things where you have to spend a bit of money to to perform well if you don't have a sponsorship. And some there's a lot of athletes that, that are working as well as competing in track and field and doing the training. So, you know, I think there's the world juniors that are a really good um, breeding ground for talent in that junior age group. But there's still a really hard period where juniors go from that under 20 to seniors to making a team. But I think the fact that we have domestic competition with athletes that are coming home from winning medals at world championships makes it a little bit easier for our juniors to bridge that gap because they're rubbing shoulders with elite athletes in, in Australia before they have to go overseas and then start to lift even more to compete against the rest of the world. Tamsin, it sounds so excited. We can, I can hear the excitement in your voice and uh, picture your smile beaming because we have such a great team. Now, the exciting part also in Melbourne on February 15th, the Maury Prant uh, meet is on in that evening. It's a Thursday evening, but uh, we get an opportunity to see a lot of these athletes uh, performing at their best. We do. And a lot of the domestic athletes, the Australian athletes are here. You'll have a couple of internationals come out because they'll be wanting to earn those points that I talked about when you don't get that automatic qualifier and you can then get the roll down effect by getting some more points by competing in an event like the Maury Plant Classic. So... It, it was brilliant last year and it's going to go up an even bigger notch, like a higher notch this year because I think in Olympic year you always see talent come out of the blue, but the athletes who are our middle chances, they'll start to show what sort of shape they're in. So I think it'll be brilliant. Tamsin, I know you're really busy, so I'll, I just want to ask one more question. So it, in an Olympic year, we've just reached February. The Olympics are in August. Are the When are the athletes absolutely in that sort of that hot, zone, that, that period where they're at their best? I know obviously the obvious answer is at the Olympics, but you've also got to qualify <laughs> for the Olympics to get in there. That's so true. how do you, how do you as an athlete peak at the right times and wh- where are these athletes at now? It's a long question, well, but I, I hope you know that. I no, hope no, you understand I like what I'm saying. No, I love it. And it's, it's actually really difficult. And a lot of the international countries can't believe that we have our national championships and our Olympic trials 
in, in April, you know, because they're like, well, how do you peak in March and April and then go again later in the year? But, you know, it's, I guess it's similar to an international athlete doing an indoor season. So I think if you're really talented enough and your event isn't doesn't have as much depth, um, probably someone like Anina Kennedy or Curtis Marshall in the pole vault, they'll probably be able to train through a little bit through our domestic season and still make the team. But in an event where even though our quality athletes in the middle distance, like Stuart McSwain, Oliver Hall, um, you know, Jeff Hull, Abby Caldwell, Lyndon Hall, like had um, Katrina Bissett, there's so much talent around that 800, 1500 level. They're going to have to pull their training back a little bit to make sure that they put themselves on the plane and are in the team. So every athlete will be a little bit different with how they peak and um, how they prepare. But I think you want to be at your best, like literally heading into that month before an Olympic so that you can go into it with confidence as well. Tamsin, we've got a, a one last question off the temper text machine. One of our listeners saying, can we ask you, how is it Australia has lost Sasha Zoya to France? The kid is a <laughs> star. Question. Regards, yeah, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, really good question, Josh, because you obviously know your track and field because Sasha Zoya is an absolute gun and, and, and grew up in Perth. And um, we did try really hard to hold him, but the problem was they were dangling a home Olympics in front of him oh, when he yes. could choose between France and Australia. So he went with France. But I still hope people get behind him because, you know, he's got Australian roots and, and he's done a lot of his training and his preparation and his development as a youngster within within the Australian system. So he has a he has passion for Australia still. He's just not wearing the green and gold. Well answered. Thank you, Tamsin. Really appreciate it. I know you're busy, as I said, so you can go back to doing more important things now. <laughs> I'm literally trying to get my son, who's six years old, to stop distracting me. <laughs> <laughs> You've done well. <laughs> You've done well. You've done well. Thank you, Tamsin Manu, joining us there, talking athletics on this Thursday night on Sports Day.